At this point, you may be very aware that Batavia and I are unapologetically talking about fall gardening, but we really want to know, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to have a fall garden right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast? Full episode. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. Look, I got hung up on my intro. Um, I'm sorry, I was about to say mini-sode, but anyways, <laughs> we're good. So what do you think? I think the jury's still out. Maybe we'll figure it out by the end of this episode, we for will. sure. We're, we're, we're going to hash it. We're going to hash it out. And we're going to figure it out. So um, it is that time of year, people. It is fall gardening. It's, you know, extend your seasons, do what you can, however long you can, depending on your season. Um, you know, we've been talking about stuff. If this is your first time listening to us, you can go back and you will hear us give you a bunch of tips and stuff like that about it. But as usual, we are going to start with our listener uh, question of the day are you ready i'm ready this is a doozy so this is off of our youtube channel uh, backyard gardens and it says i am trying to prevent a potential loss after 30 plus years of gardening i'm doing brussels sprouts for the first time they take all season up here in mass half are doing okay tall with luscious leaves but the other half got chewed up so much by pests they have little to no leaves can they be saved will they bounce back i'm an obsessive pruner and i don't want sick or pest compromised leaves on my plants but could i have pruned these to oblivion main stems look fine by the way thank you so um i'm gonna go on the record and say an obsessive pruner that's a dangerous game friendo Mm -hmm. that's a dangerous game but i get it i used used to um my beautician like i don't know my teenage years early 20s um, you could never go to her and ask for a trim because i'm telling you like the amount of inches that she took off for, for all intents and purposes i felt like healthy hair so i think she probably if she was a gardener she'd be an obsessive pruner too that's like my um, beard my beard man he i'm like just a little bit and i'm like damn like, dude like you know how long it takes me to grow like it actually doesn't take me that long but it's like shocking you know it's like a buzz cut on your face now <sighs> yeah um so I've never grown Brussels sprouts, but I do know everything she said up until this point is true regarding the long season that it takes. And I am familiar with climates like Massachusetts. Um, so with that in mind, I think like I'd love to see a picture of it, but I think she may need to cut bait on the ones that um, have little to no leaves. Like the idea of them putting on new leaves between now and what is this October-ish? Well, no, 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 it's not at the time of recording it. It's the middle of August. So let's. Yeah, I realize that. Yeah. So and her first 
are there first for all. So first of all, I got corrected on Instagram. We featured Uh-oh. somebody and they were like, I'm a dude. And I'm like, okay, we were just being safe, you know, so, <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I would say that you you're probably around the same frost date as they are up there, mm-hmm. depending on where they are. So, um, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's yeah, tough, it's like Brussels two months. She minute. probably has about two months. But I was in the front yard garden this morning, and um, like we're talking about unobstructed, no trees. Um, maybe this giant sunflower is a little bit obstructive, <laughs> but I was looking at how the sun was sitting a bit lower than normally what it sits at that time of the day. And at the time of this recording, instead of five o'clock sunrises, we're at like 6 a.m., mm-hmm. right? So suns have shifted. I, I said suns as if it was plural, but you guys get me. Um, yeah, this isn't Tatooine. <laughs> you know my peoples out there know that. Okay, uh, it <laughs> shifted. I mean, I'm I've pulled some things out of my garden um, at the time of this recording. Just like I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah, and it sounds like she has some that look very healthy. And we talked about this with one of the previous listener questions. At this point, she probably knows it's a lost cause, and she's either looking for someone to affirm that or someone to say, "No, I'll give it a go." If she didn't have anything to uh, put in its place, I'd say let it roll. But if she has something to put in its place, stop then I'd right say there bullet. because that's it. Do you have something else to put there? Because if I mm-hmm. didn't have anything else to put there, I would be treating it and I would be nursing it. And I'd say, what, mm-hmm. what the hell? Let's see what happens. Because in the grand scheme, the the grand the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. sixty days is a fair amount of time, and we know that Brussels sprouts are cold tolerant. So they can start mm-hmm. handling those cold fr- cold nights. I want want to say, you know, once it starts getting down to frost, you really need to be kind of finishing off. But you and I both know that you're going to have your frost and then you're going to have a warm days and then you're going to have another mm-hmm. frost and it's going to be gradual. So as long as it's going to get enough sun, I say if you don't have anything to put in there, treat it. And hold on and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I would say that your obsessive pruning might need to be curbed a little bit in this situation because each plant needs leaves in order to create photosynthesis in order to grow. Right. And that's my point around how much more time she has and how many more new leaves are you really expecting the plant to put on at this stage. Right. right? And I mean, to then also create, you know, um, Brussels sprout heads, right? So, I mean, we have these steps it still needs to go through. Yeah, and we don't know if it's creating heads or not yet. We don't know that at all. So, we haven't even seen a picture of it. So, it's kind of, we're in in the dark and a lot of this is just guessing. But Mm -hmm. um, I think what I would do also is if everything's been pruned, I would feed it heavy nitrogen right now. Mm -hmm. I would give it a fish fertilizer um, if not, I would even, if I was really worried about, it, I would give it a synthetic water soluble fertilizer that'll instantly feed it. And then I would probably at the same time, put some, um, you know, feather meal or alf- alfalfa meal down or blood meal. If you decide to go that route so that it could continue to feed in a couple of weeks. So we get another boost. Yeah. And, and I think those, sometimes you have seven to 14 days. I'd probably do seven. Then another time at 14, then another time at 21. Yeah. And it's really important. You mentioned this, but these folks will hear this episode in mid September. Yes. We wouldn't give the same advice to someone in Massachusetts in mid September. Right. We're recording this in mid August. So that's what's really important here. So her her 
clock is a little bit, she has a little bit longer on it. Um, and it still may have a chance. So, yeah. I mean, you know, why not? What, what have you got to lose? Mm-hmm. I just hang Brussels sprouts. Time. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, if you're going to put something else in its place, so now would be the time. And mm-hmm. again, if you're farther south, now's the time. But see, for me, the way the sun is, like my time's running out right now. And I have yeah. plenty. I have an, another 45 days from the airing of this episode mm-hmm. until my first frost, roughly. So mm-hmm. that's plenty of time to get something going. But my sun is getting lower, so it takes longer. Yeah. I read something recently. I'm trying to think of the, the vegetable. You're um, not supposed to be reading Batavia in the off time. I know, clearly, and I can't even place it. I think it was general information regarding fall plantings in Illinois. Okay. But it may not be, but that's beside the point. Um, We've talked about this before as well. It was something like add approximately 20 days if you're planting X vegetable in the fall compared to when you would plant it in the spring. Right. So you know how it's the, you know, from germination to when it's ready, like this 50-day beat it's probably going to be more like 70 days and from what i'm seeing it's probably going to be longer than that um so just know that anything you're putting in the ground now is going to take longer than it would and i'm talking about fall vegetables obviously it's going to take longer than it would if you are planting it probably at the beginning of spring you know compared to now well yeah because you know in spring stuff can take off like a rocket ship Mm -hmm. and i mean typically like for brussels sprouts in particular like as of this airing, it is August, and I don't have my Brussels sprouts in, and I'm late. They are hardening off right now. They're getting ready to go in. So my mm-hmm. plan is to get them in and boost them, is feed them heavy and hard, and get them, yeah. you know, get them to beef up real quick. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to be maybe my last year trying to grow Brussels sprouts. We'll see. Mm. Um, it's just, it's, it's hard. But yeah. with my new addition to my garden... We shall see. Um, But, you know, and I'm doing currently in the middle of doing a fall gardening series. So you guys can check it out on Backyard Gardens TV, YouTube. And go ahead, Batavia. No, I was just trying to adjust my mic. Oh, quietly. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, we talk about in one of the episodes, I literally went in and ripped out some sickly plants to make room. And that's a big thing. It's hard to do. I know that I debated it for a long time, but after about a month of not getting a new husk tomato or ground cherry, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, I had to go. You know, I mean, there's no saving it at that point. Yeah. So, um, do you think we answered that question to completion? I hope so. And I really hope if this person uh, leaves it, I hope we get an update. Yeah. I'll comment I'm, back. I'm really curious. Yeah. I'll comment back. All right. So let's take this break and then, hell, we're just going to keep talking about fall gardening. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. So your initial reaction... Is fall gardening worth it? My initial reaction, I'm fighting the urge to say no. Really? Absolutely, it's worth it. Yeah. You know, I I think, though, it's this is going to be a theme we're going to see. I'm just a tad bit tired. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know so just a tad bit tired and and that's the the push so like this is the point where you're you're finding out what your summer garden is made of like you're for me these are the things where it's things are successful or not and that definitely drives me as far as what i want to do in fall and not and i don't know if that's the best indicator like I'm doubling down on, you know, I don't know, arugula because my peppers didn't do that well. Like, that's not logical, but that's the way the garden mind works. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to fill space and keep it going. And I that's a respectable thing. So I think initially, um, first of all, I'm always going to really think that it's worth it to give it a shot. But mm. in like in my area, it's very difficult. So if I wasn't so passionate and didn't like to eat certain things, I probably wouldn't do some of the things that I've been doing this year. So Why is it difficult in your area? Because it stays hot. It just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be planning it like I've, I'm following the schedule provided by the extension service for me in my area. And I'm supposed to be putting some of these things out now. And clearly, I mean, dude, it was 100 degrees the other day. Yeah, You know, it's clearly hot. So the question is, are they going to bolt or are they not going to bolt? You know, because last year I put lettuce in and it literally bolted three days after I put it in and went straight up, you know, and then I just had lettuce seeds for the winter. I've been meaning to post this. I have lettuce that's doing really well that I direct sowed on June the 21st. Mm-hmm. So we're approaching it's two months old now. Um so and, you're, and that says a lot about your climate. Yeah, absolutely Cause, it does. Because lettuce is sensitive AF. It, And I think I may have, I can't tell if it's the matter of the variety and combined with like, I've put it on not quite the shadiest portion of my porch, but a pretty shady spot. So it is getting some direct sun, but not a whole ton. Right. Um, and it, in these last couple of, days even it's really taking off so i'm paying close attention because you we know the window from taking off growing to bolting can sometimes be short yeah um but it looks like it's forming a head if you will like this but it's nevada lettuce um and i had some great luck and i really enjoyed it this spring and so i think it's said to be heat tolerant whatever that means nowadays but anyway so um it's looking good and i'm for sure going to have um some lettuce probably at the end of August, beginning of September. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I've, so I've never grown head lettuce ever. Mm-hmm. So I know absolutely nothing. I could grow completely different for all I know. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't I, like it. So that's why I've let never me be clear. It. So when I think of head lettuce, I really think about like iceberg. When I think of a head, I think of like how a cabbage head forms. Yeah. It's not that kind of head, but it does like a romaine lettuce grows up into kind of a head. Right. So that's kind what of, I mean yeah. when I say um, for this particular Nevada lettuce. So is like, it a leaf I can harvest or? it. I can harvest it now as a leaf lettuce, but I've okay. seen it completely form into like, I guess, full maturity for it. Okay. Where all of the lettuce leaves come together in a clump. Okay, that's uh, that may be a little bit different. I don't know. I've never or let me yeah. refer. It, I've never grown an iceberg lettuce. It's just never been my yeah. thing. I think generally it's just far too much time we're spending on lettuce, so I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know, so- it is and it isn't because it's such a sensitive crop. And for me, like that's a really important one in my fall garden mm-hmm. because I enjoy salads. And you, you and I have talked 
ad nauseum about how like oh it gets too hot they you know they bolt but we're we want to eat lettuce in the middle of summer we want to eat salads mm-hmm. so it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense but that's like for me and my um fall and spring gardens that's my ultimate like the holy grail like I love to eat that lettuce. It's so much, you know, it's so crisp and it's better than when you get it from the grocery store. Mm -hmm. But I have such a hard time. So, yeah, you know, there's things that I can plant now. But lettuce is one of those things that like I'm going to be chomping at the bit because it's not heat tolerant, but it's not frost tolerant really either. Yeah. I mean, it feels like for you, like November may be a safe time to plant lettuce, you know, and you have to get something that's frost tolerant in that instance yeah. because you guys could still get freezing temps. Yeah. So we, I, you know, I've taken steps as you just saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully shaded my wild garden, which is <clears throat> the whole purpose is. I want to do my fall and spring garden in this garden because it gets the early sun in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that means that it's going to heat up right away. Right. So when I yeah. do get a 32 degrees day and the temperature goes to 34, it'll happen a lot faster mm-hmm. and it'll warm that it space, up. Yeah. So that's why I want So I built the structure to put over it and it's going to have it, you know, it has a 30% shade cloth and then that's designed to cool down underneath it and it is cooler i think it's about 10 degrees cooler underneath mm-hmm. so that's a big difference yeah when we talk about like is it worth it i think this is probably just based on potential garden fatigue based on um the not the most ideal um kind of circumstances from heat to light to cold all of that's right. rolled up into fall gardening i think it really comes down to things you really enjoy eating like that's what you should be growing that's what you should be focusing on so i I struggled with this a little bit and struggled with the idea of filling space versus planting things that i'm really going to enjoy and so i had to do some like self-editing of my kind of what i'm doing for fall right i've brought my seeds out a bunch of different times and i'm kind of like uh, especially knowing that hey this thing may not get to you know really really grow i want to take the chance with the thing i'm really going to enjoy and recognizing there could be some disappointment but i don't want to have a bunch of empty spaces filled with things i'm kind of like just eh, about yeah. passe about so. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I think that's important that you're self-editing because, you know, when I make my fall garden plan, I fill every square up, mm-hmm. everything. When I make my plan, but mm, okay, yeah. when I actually get out there, it always gets knocked down every time. It's always a little bit less that goes in. And that's by design because as much as I want to have a full garden, like I plan it so there will be sections of my garden that will grow. But then they will be harvested and they will be done yeah. and they will rest. Mm-hmm. And then I have other sections like the wild garden, which I am fully hoping to be pumping all winter. And when I say pumping all winter, you know, like I'll pull some turnips out. I'll pull mm-hmm. some stuff mm-hmm. out. You know, there'll be cabbage that'll it'll it'll if everything goes right, like it has in the past, it'll have a small head on it. And then early spring, it'll, then it'll start finishing that head off. Okay. So it'll spend about a month of just like sitting there idle and it's going to look rough. (laughs) I mean, it's going to look bad, you know, but I just leave it there. And then like one year, you know, it came back and it, the head got bigger and bigger and we had cabbage Mm -hmm. early on. 
So that's kind of how my plan works out. But it's a lot of work. You know, it's like in the summer, you're just like, yeah, I'm going to put this here and put this there and you're kind of done. But for fall, it seems to me like we're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, and that's the sh- well, and we're speaking just generally when it comes to like if you're in Florida, fall gardening, you're ready to rock and roll. That's a lot different than yeah. some of the other climates, right? Um, so I guess I'd say if you are facing a frost date, then my pause is like it is a lot of work for what could be little return. And the reality is by the time you hear this, I mean, just start thinking baby greens because that's where you're at, you know, when it comes to, you know, mid September, I think things like, um, for you, for your zones. Yeah. So when I say that's what I mean, like if you're facing a frost date, like if you have a such thing as a, a frost date that's coming up, you know, because the really warmer climates really don't have that or it's really not the same. Um, so people in my zone, which I'm in zone six, I know. Uh. <laughs> Literally, like, say it, say it. So definitely six and lower, right? Like I um I sowed some um a kale mix, and they have a bunch of different seeds that are leafy greens, and it's dead on the package. Like they are prepped for baby greens, and that's a good thing because there's no need for me to wait for these things to get really really large. I can enjoy them once they come up and they're much smaller. I can still eat out of the garden. I can eat fresh out of the garden. Um, so that's you know it's definitely about um, um, like really modifying your expectations. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, I think we all start with a dream of having this luscious garden and you walk out and it's just heads of cabbage everywhere and carrots popping out with, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, beets next to it and lettuce just nice and pretty. And, you know, you got a little rabbit sitting there saying, welcome to the garden today. I didn't even (laughs) eat one of your carrots, you know, and then it comes down to it and you're like, oh, shit, it's about to freeze. You know, you're out there. And I mean, the pests are still here. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're in the heat of, in the quote unquote heat of gardening for fall and the pests are still here and you're fighting them. And, you know, you've got this impending doom coming. So that leads to me to bring up the point of like, make sure that you're planning frost tolerant stuff, people. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're not, you're just going to fail if you live somewhere where you get a frost. Like, you're going to be disappointed Mm -hmm. because I know in my area, and I've I've said it a thousand times, I'm going to keep saying it, is I live in a heartbreak zone. So, it'll be 75 degrees here. You know, I mean, we could have it 75 degrees all the way up until the middle of November, and then boom, 30 degrees. And then it'd be warm again, but it takes that one frost. So I know that my cabbages and all that stuff, that's all going to make it through those freak frosts that we get. And that's so important to just understand how that stuff works and to make your plan around it. Yeah, there are people that I see, I see quite a few posts now, like been gone for four days and look how the garden has grown and look at all the things I harvested, you know, from being away after four or five or six days or something like that. And while we know that heat could be detrimental you know, in the middle of summer and being away if you don't have things set up properly, like, you know, if you don't have some type of, 
irrigation setup like you could come back to nothing right um but that same thing is true when it comes to your fall garden and if you're facing some really cold temps like yeah let it be frost tolerant but let that thing continue to get you know to to freeze right day over day so you do have to have a much more watchful eye when it comes to getting close to that point even for some heat or excuse me frost tolerant things like a frost is different than three frosts in three days in a row. Yeah. You know, a or frost like is different. When you get done freezing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause there's That's a difference actually, between frost and freezing. I'm glad you brought that up because we talk so much about frost date and I don't want to make, I mean, it's not assumed like, that's the beginning of the end because next coming up is freezing, right? So we don't talk about freeze dates. Like we're basically saying many of these things, if they can't survive a frost, we know they can't survive a freeze. Right. Right. Um, And I think that that's the piece when I talk about like the watchful eye, right? So you're probably not as inclined to do garden walks in the middle of November, if you still have things in your garden. Um, So if it's not that, then definitely continue to keep an eye on the weather um, because things that can, again, that cabbage that can stay there is probably going to be fine. I have some frost tolerant lettuce that, um, um, no, no, not frost tolerant lettuce, some chard that did really well, but like the second or third or fourth day, it was kind of like, I'm I'm done. Yeah, Yeah. it was kind of limpy. But see, when you guys start getting frost, it's pretty quick for you to get down to freezing, right? Like it doesn't take long. Yeah, it could. I mean, I could have it. The temperatures could be scheduled to just hit a frost, but chances are it's going to freeze over that night. But too. what I'm saying is like then over the next like month, there's not a big roller coaster. It's kind of like a gradual like it's steady down, 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 down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a climb downstairs right. versus upstairs. We could still have some warm days. Of right. You know. Yeah. But it's not um, I'm not expecting things to pick up and start growing again, because by then our night temperatures are steadily in the 40s. Right. Right. So things are really kind of dormant. But Um, it's about a lot of these things love that 40s at night stuff. You know, that's an I mean, good point. So we talk about all this stuff, but the question still is, is it worth it? You know what I mean? So is it worth your effort? And, you know, what I'm hearing right now is if you do your due diligence and you plan correctly, that it could very well be worth your effort. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and I think you have. I feel like we're talking about. Yeah, I, I'd agree. But I think you have to talk about how are you measuring? Is it worth it for you this time of year? Right. So if you just right. really enjoy being out in the garden. Right. Having something to tend to in the fall could be the joy that alone could be worth it. Um, If you really want to the trouble with fall gardening, I'm trying to think about the amount of things that I'm planting for fall that are really going to be stored for winter. And they're not I mean, things like, you know, cabbage and and kale and collards and things like that. Yeah, you can absolutely freeze them and you can do a couple of things to preserve them. But a lot of it's going to be fresh eating at that point. I mean, I'm not preserving lettuce. You know what I'm saying? Um, So you pause and think, well, is it worth it based on the food that you're getting out of the garden at that point? Right. Well, and if you think about the preservation-minded people, too, because there's a lot of people that aren't Mm preservation-minded and could care less about saving their food for later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing I do know about a lot of these, other than lettuce, is a lot of them store very well for longer periods in the refrigerator. 
root vegetables and then some of those brassicas. Yeah. Yeah. But the question, though, is, have you been able to time your root vegetables appropriately for fall? Right. I mean, that's that's the make or breaker. Right. So if you are pulling things out your fall garden root wise yeah you're a rock star man you you like you did it. you figured it out you yeah. chose the proper peel from the matrix i don't remember which one it is is it the blue one or the red one blue pill okay all right yeah so that's the one that you chose um but it, i look now and um fortunately i went back to one of my favorite nurseries and they had i was chatting with a listener about this i went there like maybe three weeks ago and they had some starts i was looking for fall starts and they were like just barely germinated basically <laughs> you know i mean they were further along that they did have true leaves but it was like 2.99 for a i think a four pack i'm just like i couldn't bring myself to it yeah. you know and so i stopped back i was in the area i stopped back by recently and big banner sale and so i go in again looking for fall starts and now everything is 90, 99 cents so i'm like oh i could drop 99 cents for four plants and I actually got a couple of bonus plants from it um, to take the chance because it still may not come to fruition. I picked up some uh, white cabbage, which I didn't have any success with this year or just barely. And then I picked up some um, kohlrabi. I was teetering on starting kohlrabi like from seed and then I was watching a progression video and I'm like, no, that whole 60 day shit, that's not. I don't have yeah. enough time. So I found some starts that were actually looking really good and they were on sale. So I've just planted those out. Yeah. See, I did my kohlrabi by seed and mm-hmm. I, I wish did, I would have. I yeah. direct sowed some, but I started some by seed and um, quick tip. If you guys are doing root vegetables that way, especially like turnips or anything, you start them by seed inside, but don't keep them in there too long mm-hmm. and you just get them out. So I pot them up. And keep potting them up, potting them up. So I need to do my rutabaga that way too, because I'm having a hard time with the heat getting them started. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, what? as soon as we get off here, I'm going to go start some in a seed pods and, you know, that way I'll have something to put in because it's a big crop for me. You know, root, root crops are huge for me because they will sit in my garden all winter and I can go get them when I need them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the thing that I like about that too is, like last year when I pull it, that spot is done. It's yeah. resting at that point. I can't put anything else there. And, yeah. you know, when you can plant like I can, you can keep things kind of going somewhat. It's important that you let things rest and refeed and amend soil and stuff like that. And so therein lies the next problem is like for me, if I can let things grow all winter, then essentially like my soil never gets a rest. So then it mm-hmm. turns into the next year when everything else suffers. So there mm-hmm. and again, is it worth it? Because you have that problem of overworking your soil, overusing it and, you know, draining it of life. Yeah, I actually have a bed that I just pulled potatoes out of. And I was, I pulled them out right at 110 days. And some of them were, um, how many days? 110. You counted? One, one, zero. Of course I counted. Have you're you met me before? You're such a, you're such a better gardener than I am. <laughs> well, for things like that, especially thing, you know, I play by the rules right up until the point I'm like, oh, I got this. Uh, so 110 days. Now the mistake I made was I mixed the bed. So some of the potatoes were, actually a longer variety but hey here we are I so i wanted my to pull statement. them 
Hmm? I retract my last statement. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, I figured I'd talk myself out of being a better gardener. Uh, so you so, pull them. Yeah, so I pull them and I still have corn that I have a couple of ears that I'm letting, you know, continue to, I don't know if you say ripe. Do you say ripen with ears of corn? Anyway, so sure. I have this bed that will be empty. By the time this airs, that bed will be empty. And my intention all summer long has been to plant fall things in it. But I have a little bit of pause now. And now I'm saying, well, sh- should I? Maybe I should plant something that's a little bit easier going, something that really isn't taxing. So I haven't decided as of yet. Um, hopefully by the time you guys hear this, I, I will either have planted something or, or decide to let it rest. But yeah, that's the question. Do you still want to, um, like my garden will rest all over the winter, um, but I'm pulling something out and then potentially directly planting something else. I'll amend, I'll add some compost. I will probably get my act together when it comes to fertilizing over these last couple of months, if I plant something in it. Um, but there's also that moment of I'm done with this bed. And that yeah. kind of feels good to be honest. Right. You know, like, yeah, that's how I've been looking at like my tomato bed is, you know, like I've definitely put stuff in it right now. But I've mm-hmm. put stuff in it knowing that like when I harvest it, that bed in particular will be done yeah. and it will not be planted in like no matter what. Like I've told my like I've planned it so like radishes will go in there, quick crop in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing else can be added afterwards. And that means that two of those beds are just going to be like chill. Yeah. You know, so and I'm making a lot of compost like. You know, oh, I got cool. I dug deep into the uh, chicken coop <laughs> and pulled out yeah. some nice fresh poo poo and put it in there. So, um, you know, because I need that stuff to amend. And mm-hmm, like n- mm-hmm. right now, at the time of year that it is, I'm trying to get my compost cooking as hard and fast as it can so that I can be have it turned over into the next compost pile. Cause I have a two bin system and then mm-hmm. it can be kind of finishing off cooking. So like, I'm trying really hard to like kind of keep on it, keep it going, get it while it's nice and hot. And mm-hmm. I mean, I rolled it the other day and it smoked, it was steaming. So what were you I saying? I wonder if any, if anyone else, when they heard that the two bin system, if for a split second, they imagined like, Oh my gosh, if there were two bins as in <laughs> Ben Gardner, oh, I don't know if we could, I don't know if we could take it. There is. Um, I have a little well, one that runs around. You yeah, watch. but since he has a whole different name, we don't count that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you listen, know. I just I was go ahead. Go ahead. I was just thinking about um, is it worth it? And I think another way to look at this is you don't have to have your entire garden flipped into a fall garden. Exactly. Right. So on one hand, I'm, I'm doing some things in containers for fall. Um, and that's, it's just so much easier for me in my mind, for me to manage it. I actually have some containers that if I needed to, if I still had food in the garden and I wanted to kind of, I could put it in my garage under some lights for a handful of days if I needed to, like I could do that based on what I'm planting there. And then I was thinking about, remember this bed, I just said, I pulled the potatoes out and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll let it rest. Then I said to myself, you know what? Maybe that's one of the two beds that I plan on planting fall things in and, and let everything else do what it's going to do. Right. Instead of trying to poke in and, and tuck in fall things all over the garden. Right. Focus these two areas and call it a fall garden and be done with it. You yeah, know? that's exactly. So what I'm doing is when I pull out an area, um, I amend it. 
so I add compost and then mm-hmm. I let it sit for maybe a week or something, you know, just let, you know, let it water it, let it get in, work its way into mm-hmm. the soil a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I plant it. But when I plant it, I plant it, you yeah. know? So like right now, um, it's the middle of August when we were recording this, I'm pulling all of my seedlings out and I'm hardening them all off right now. So mm-hmm. each time a tray comes out, boom, they're going out there. You know, some things didn't do as well inside. So I'm letting them sit in pots to kind of strengthen up a little bit, but I'm, I'm planting them and I'm filling up those spots versus before I'd be like, I'll do a little bit here and a little bit there this year. Yeah. I'm really focusing on like, boom, just a full sweep, get it in, be done, have it growing and it's less work and pressure on me because it's less I have to think of, you know, because I'm really feeling the pressure right now, um, which that's another point of, is it worth it of getting it in the ground and getting it started? Because if you miss it, you miss it. And Mm -hmm. that pressure is very important when you talk about, is it worth it? Because that's mental drain that you have to deal with in somehow. And that can actually, for me personally, that takes the joy out of gardening for me is that drain on my mind so yeah so you know how i'm always like i'm um like your fairy garden godmother and not wanting you know people to begrudge gardening and all of that right like i want people to enjoy it i i want their failures at the beginning to be minimal because i don't want to turn them away and for me personally, when it comes to fall gardening and when I opened up, I talked about being tired. Yeah. Right. Like there is a part of this is still like this is like the third or fourth year I've tried it. And this will be the second year I, I will be successful at a fall garden. Um, but it definitely it lengthens the season. We talk about this all the time. Right. You know how to extend your garden season. There's a gift in that, you know, but there's yeah. a tad bit of a curse, right? So the idea of like having all of your things come out and getting planted is such a good strategy because what I don't want to feel like is I'm constantly back into this mode where every day it's something different. Yeah. You know, so I want to be able to get this planted. I want to be able to monitor the progress of these plants and I want to be able to move on to continue to enjoy the rest of my garden because it's you're starting the thing up again. Yeah. You know, you're, the rest of your garden is at a completely different stage. And we know the workload is different for that stage compared to, you know, getting your fall garden started. Yeah. And at this point, I am, you know, when this airs, I'm now starting to think about planting my perennials for next mm. year. Mm -hmm. in the ground so then like it's like all at once it happens so it's like from now until the airing of this episode for the next month it's going to be me constantly thinking like okay start this seed start that seed start this do this put this out do this is it water enough is it cool enough okay maybe Mm -hmm. i need to do this i need to adjust this i need to fertilize and then it goes directly into all of that at the same time as okay, I need to add more perennials in here, here, and here in these spots because you know things start going on sale mm-hmm. in the fall. So that's when I start because you know I'm a cheap bastard. I'll start scooping stuff <laughs> up quick, and um, I start squeezing that stuff in. So you know that's a heavy mental drain. But then come November, you're done. Whatever's yeah. in the grounds in the ground. You don't have to water as much. You don't have to fertilize. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't really fertilize. You should just be kicking it. You know what I mean? And that's such a good feeling. So, Yeah, but we also talked about the other garden chores. So we're not even talking about your regular life. We're talking about other garden chores. So for those people that are preserving, 
you know, in the middle of September, like for me, that became a really um, a high traffic time frame. Yeah. Right. So my tomatoes were like things are full on ripening. Like I'm pulling tomatoes off the plants every day. I like to let my peppers get to the point of like they've matured. Like, so I'm deciding what I'm doing with all of that. And to also to kind of tend to like a newborn baby, I have to pause and say, do I need to choose? Right. Which I don't think yet that I have to, but I definitely can't go in like gangbusters. Um, I'm not that disciplined yet. I'm not that organized. So how organized you are can really determine if it's worth it for you as well. Yeah. If you're an organized gardener, I can imagine it could be worth it for you. And, you know, that's something I need to work on because as much as I'd like to be organized, like I get organized in my head, I get organized on paper. And then the second I go out there, I get scatterbrained. And I'm like, oh, I forgot this. I forgot that. Okay, let me do this. Let me do that. And it drags it out more and more. And, you know, this this whole mental process is, you know, I mean, it's like I'm laying in bed at night and I'm like, shit, I forgot to plant such and such. And so then that's on my mind. Now, it actually doesn't keep me up at night or anything, but still, it's just one more thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I just took and said, okay, all my lettuces are going out today, done. All my broccolis are going out today, done. And that's mm-hmm. basically what I'm trying right now. Mm-hmm. So as things are coming out of my house and hardening off, I'm looking at them saying, okay, like right now I have 15 Brussels sprouts that are, you know, they they were a little weak. So I'm letting them kind of perk back up. Um, and I'm looking at them and saying, okay, when they're ready, all of them are going out all over and that's it. And I have two different spots. I'm putting them, but that's okay. And then all of my broccolis are going to go out. And so I'm, I'm really trying to like have it be done because in the spring, what I would do is I would take and I would say, okay, this one's going to go here. This one's going to go there. And what I ended up having was six cells, six packs of plants. Mm-hmm. I'd have like two in a six cell just sitting there and I have yeah. two in a six cell sitting over here. And it just kind of was like, you know, it's frustrating and it's like always trying to keep up with it. So, yeah. I think that I am exactly the same and I want to be I want to be more organized than I actually am. Like I think I am, but then right. when it comes down to it, I'm kind of like, "Oh, wait, hold on." And yeah. that's when it's like the mad dash and I'm tucking things in and 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 trying to find space for them. Um it's my garden eyes are bigger than, you know, I don't know, my garden brain or my garden stomach. I don't know. At some point Um, I am trying to back my way out of my plan. Um, I do think there's a tinge bit of social media gardening that influences that when it comes to like how organized you are or not, because it's not that I'm not like organized. It's all the things that interrupt me. And by that, I mean like, oh, I want to try or, oh, you know, that'd be good if, um, and so, I don't want to be uber, uber rigid, but there is definitely a place between where I am and rigid. And I have to be somewhere closer to the middle. Yeah. Um, because I mean, how, I mean, we've been talking about fall gardening since last year and the idea that I didn't start a single fall, uh, seed inside. Like that's a, one of my 2021 goals, um, starting seeds every month and psh, go ahead, mark it off. You didn't not start complete any? it. I didn't start, not a single fall seed. Dang. 
and we I could talk about it on a different it. episode the yeah, why i have a feeling about the why but um which or it does it there's a tinge of the if it's worth it as well right yeah. that that guided me in the way that place that i'm at now well, but yeah, anywho it's, it's like i gave you a hard time jokingly enough about your potatoes being in for 111 days and you counting mm-hmm. and you know it's like i put my um sweet potatoes in and I'm not even, I don't count or anything, but I know because of the first year that I did it, when I harvested them, the time frame in which I need to start really thinking about when to harvest them. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because uh, for me is because you learn as you grow. So the first year is not going to be as good as the second year. The second year is not going to be as good as the third year. The fourth year is going to be better but then the fifth year might be worse or something, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you're going to have an ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really an important thing to remember is like not every year is going to be stand up. But if you don't try these things, you're never going to know. And I am aware that Batavia and I, we may garden a little bit different than some of our listeners. Uh, and, you know, a lot of you have been sending in your photos for us to share on our social media with all of the other listeners. Um, and you can DM us those at Backyard Gardens TV. But we've looked at a lot of your gardens and there's some gardens that are bigger than ours. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of gardens that are smaller than ours. And then there's a lot of gardens that are the same as ours. So we know that there's like a whole swath of people out there with different sized gardens. And I think the moral of the story here is, and I'm just going to go on a limb. I'm going to say if you have a small garden, then either A, you don't want to be in your garden all the time you love Mm -hmm. gardening don't get me wrong but you just don't want to be consumed with it or b you don't have the space for it so and then if you have a large garden then obviously you want to grow a lot of your food you want to have you know be as self-sufficient as possible maybe or give it away whatever but you don't mind working in your garden all the time but i don't think you need to necessarily plant fully plant a fall garden Unless you have like a real solid plan because every year shit goes to waste. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, it's tough. Or, so this is the, here's the, um, but wait, you know, Uh, like when you find out, you know, wait, there's a twist here. If you're in a place that's so hot or you personally are not comfortable being outside and gardening in the summer, this could be your time to shine. So sure. It could very well be your fall garden is what kind of summer gardening is to, you know, you or I, Ben. Um, and that's absolutely wonderful. Like if you figured out kind of that formula where you could enjoy growing food in the fall, it's much more enjoyable outside, to be quite frank. Right. <laughs> Let's just be real. Right. Um, you can get some warm days, but you can actually get some crisp days like I like that season. Um and if you're in a place where it's like, it's not worth it, I'm sure it could be family obligations. It could be work. Who knows? Like summer may not be your thing. I know for sure there are people that I've talked to that for one reason or another just didn't get started with their summer garden. Right. And yeah. I'll repeat it because I'm sure I've said it before. Fall could be the time for you. And the thing about it that I, I enjoy the most when it comes to the way we interact with some folks um, from, you know, different areas in gardening Satisfaction in the garden means different things for different people. Of course. Right. So being able to have a bowl of spinach pulled out of your garden, that could be the thing that absolutely makes it worth it for insert gardener 29, you know. 
You remember my um, the listener that we listened to last year? I need to catch up with him and see what he's been doing. But he grew one radish, mm-hmm. and his wife turned that one radish into a soup somehow, you know, used it or whatever. He was so proud of it. Like, that's that satisfaction you're talking about. Like, that person was thrilled to have that one radish. I get happy when I have something in the canner. You know what I mean? That's my satisfaction. You know, my satisfaction is when my son is like, Daddy, go out and get this. I want to eat it. You know, that's my satisfaction. So everybody's different. You're exactly Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, truth be told, like, I prefer growing in spring and fall because there's not as many pests. It's cooler. It's generally easier. And you can pack a lot more into a garden space. I mean, yeah. and it's ready a lot faster generally, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, a tomato takes up four square feet technically. You put it in, I can put four broccolis in there and, you know, rotate them out. I can put like 16 lettuce plants in that same spot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, the only downfall is everything's super low to the ground, so I'm always like on my knees, which sucks, but that's a different story. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I th- in closing, Batavia... What is your final answer now about it being worth it for a fall garden? I think a fall garden is worth it. I think you get to carve out what a fall garden means for you. And that in turn uh, allows it to be worth it for you. I think a fall garden, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. And I mean, of course, everybody's like shocker. They both agree, but (laughs) I think that a fall garden is worth it to an extent you just need to be willing and you need to recognize how far you're willing to go to make that fall garden happen and set realistic expectations about it. So I, I do believe that because it's a race against the clock. Fair enough. I agree. Fair enough. On that note, we're going to come back from this break with the recipe of the day. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. All right, Batavia, as we get close to the end of our challenge, it better not be anything too tasty because (laughs) I can go ahead and tell you now, my family's out there eating tomato pie and I want a slice of it and I got to wait until dinner. Oh, wow. Tomato pie. I don't know how I've lived a life without having tomato pie. Cherry tomatoes? No. Orange banana tomatoes. Okay. I'll have to talk to you about that offline because I have an idea about something I can make. Um, But for the recipe of the day, grilled barbecued corn ribs. Yeah, so if I grow up for the first time, you better believe I'm going to give you a recipe for it. So if you need to buy the corn, buy it. I've bought it all of my life, and that's just fine. But you're going to actually take ears of corn. Um, this recipe, and I'm I'm going to shout out the Food Network because you got to Like, that's where I got it from. Like, just to keep it real. Um, so this makes like four to six servings. Um, so you're starting off with corn on a cob. 
Um, I'd say like an ear per person, right? Um, you're going to use a seasoning blend, um, and that blend is going to include chili powder, uh, smoked paprika if you have it, brown sugar, I know, I know, cayenne pepper and kosher salt. So measurements are two tablespoons of chili powder, one teaspoon of smoked paprika, one teaspoon of light brown sugar, and it always says packed, right? You want to get all the brown sugar into that measuring spoon, a fourth teaspoon of cayenne pepper and then kosher salt to taste. Mix that all up. You're going to take your ears of corn. Um, and I actually accidentally do this with some other things that I make. Um, you've checked the corn, it's all prepped, washed it off. And you're going to take your knife and basically, um, holding the corn up on a cutting board, try to slice it where the ribs is what we're calling them. Like the corn stays intact. You don't want it to be individual, you know, kernels of corn. You want them to kind of be whole. If you're lucky and you do this really well, you can get basically like four different ribs of corn. Um, if they end up breaking up a little bit, that's fine. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to take our seasoning blend and we're going to season that corn. You're going to get barbecue sauce of your choice. There's a recipe to make barbecue sauce, but I'm not really about that life. Not yet. Uh, so you're going you're gonna to season the core and then brush it with the barbecue sauce. We're doing all this before we put it on, you know what, the grill. Um, so I take a piece of aluminum foil and put it over the grill, the grate, so you're not um, worried about the kernels of corn dropping inside of the grill. This could be charcoal grill or gas, either way. Take the corn, place it onto that, um, oh, I forgot oil. You're going to add just a little bit of oil, just a little bit, um, and then season and then put barbecue sauce on it. So then you can take that rib of corn, put it onto the aluminum foil, let that just basically heat up. We just want basically the seasoning to kind of uh, meld into the corn. We want that barbecue sauce to kind of get a little bit, you know, I guess tangy, if you will, onto the corn cobs and pull it off and it's ready to eat. I'd serve it nearly immediately. So yeah, that's what I got. You should make the, um, you should make the barbecue sauce. Yes, you should make the barbecue sauce. No, you should. (laughs) So barbecue sauce, one cup of ketchup, one cup of apple cider vinegar, a fourth cup of mustard, three tablespoons of brown sugar, a half teaspoon of hot sauce and salt. That actually isn't that bad. No, don't make that barbecue sauce. That's the wrong one. It's missing okay. key components. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah, what, what the Food the, Network said. Yeah, we'll see. The Food Network is is wrong. So mm-hmm. in in our area, we um, in North Carolina we have North Carolina barbecue sauce, and um, all my North Carolina peoples out there, you know what's up. We are very like. We like our barbecue sauce our way, and we don't like that mustard crap. That's not how it rolls. So, yeah, there. But isn't it two different types? And I've asked you this question before. Like, there's. I will uh, fight it, you to the death over barbecue sauce, woman. I'm telling you. I'm joking. Go ahead. Okay, I don't really have a, a dog in the fight, so I'm gonna let you roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just we do a vinegar based barbecue sauce yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a vinegar based, but you know, so for me, it's either vinegar based or like your standard, like you know, regulars dip in barbecue sauce. Yeah, and that usually folks, has a molasses in it. My folks used to use open pit which has to be the worst sauce. Now, my my folks, they would, you know, doctor it up is what my mom calls it. So they put it on the uh, stove and you add different things to it. But 
just out of and, and apologies to open pit it's just not really a good sauce it's not the sauce of my liking but yeah. i grew up on it so you know what am i gonna do I object you, to the sauce at you 15 know what my favorite no. sauces hmm? you know what my favorite sauces what's that sweet baby rays yeah there it is and man. now that it's sugar-free i'm all about it baby I'm so, trying to make things simple in my life. Yeah, I mean, dude, if it's good, it's good. Now, don't get me wrong. If I could master it, I would definitely do it. But I've tried hot sauces <laughs> and all that stuff. I can't. I'm not good. So, um, that's, a, I mean, I, I think the only thing is I'd make my, my own barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Just to be sassy about it. <laughs> <laughs> and if my corn ever grows, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've never grown corn before either. And I started it way late. And now, because I didn't plan appropriately for my fall garden, I shaded it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be cool. So maybe it'll grow faster. I don't know. But, um, you know, moving forward in the coming years, I'll have a better idea. So we'll see how it goes. It's getting tall, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, it's always the decision. And it's the same thing for fall. Are you going to get enough of a thing to really enjoy it, to give yeah. up that space? Well, you know, you I know? was forced to grow corn this year. Yeah, well, so. Smart woman. I was told, if you don't grow corn, <laughs> we're done. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she didn't say she had to get corn. She just said I had to grow it. Yeah. And for me, guys, this time it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the she in that example. No, you're not. No, you're not. So, everybody, um, I, you know, honestly, I'm curious to know what you guys think about fall gardening is it really worth it so let us know um on any of the platforms you know the usual places uh thank you so much for listening be safe out there things are getting a little weird um stay strong and uh send us your pictures of your garden don't stop we love seeing them and now that the seasons are changing we definitely want to see how they have changed Mm -hmm. and um until next time See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your post and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.